Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they build the life of their dreams. This episode is also sponsored by the Scandinavian furniture company Produkta. This episode is also sponsored by the Norwegian accountancy system TripleDex. And our last sponsor is Bilagsfeber, the Norwegian accountant firm. And today we are speaking with Elizabeth Gascoigne. Is that right pronunciation? Yeah, I know that. Cool. <laughs> and you are the founder and CEO of Absence of Proof. This is really cool, really interesting because this is a non-alcoholic movement. You run events and non-alcoholic bar pop-ups and you also have an online bottle shop. Uh, where you also ship a lot of products through Amazon. And I would say this has huge success because you started basically from your own experience. You experienced some problems in yourself with your own anxiety and depression that you experienced by by drinking too much alcohol. And you've you've grown this out from New York City and you've expanded to cities like LA, Chicago, Seattle. And you have a huge following on this movement uh, because I think many people can recognize themselves in like, you know, I would like to stop drinking and maybe I can try to be social without drinking. So this is a theme I would like to discuss and I think it's really interesting. And I also want to know what what has been the challenges for you pulling off something like this. And, and alcohol is also connected to a lot of pleasure, pressure, stigma, and it's such a big part of our daily lives. So Removing it completely from life and at parties could be risky or not risky at all. I can't imagine that there's been no challenges with this. So so now, Elizabeth, I cannot wait to hear your full story about you, yourself, and how starting this company. So welcome to Business Talk, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm so happy to meet you and I'm so happy to be here. And that was such a wonderful introduction, so thanks. Yeah, of course. Uh, we actually met through Alexa, which is also on this podcast. Um, she was, um, she's one of my friends and Alexa is also one of your friends. Yeah, she's amazing. Cool. So you, Elizabeth, can you just tell us about yourself yeah. from your upbringing until now? Like what made you the person you are today? Yeah. So it all started. <laughs> I was born in Seattle, Washington, so West Coast. Yeah. Um, and I had an amazing upbringing. I'm, I'm very grateful for my family and kind of the, everything that that brought me um, to where I am today. However, like anyone, you go through challenges, you go through things that um, you might not know how to deal with. And so in my late teenage years, or even really early teenage years, I started consuming alcohol probably to an unhealthy amount, um, started partying a lot, really wanted to be quote unquote cool, that was really important to me. Um, and alcohol felt like it fit that mold. And I hit the age of about 18 or 19 and I was looking at my life and I just realized that the life outcomes that I had wanted for myself were not happening. You know, this great college that I'd always thought I would go to or, um, you know, a, a clear career path, none of that was actually happening. And it was kind of like the consequences of my own actions <laughs> were catching up to me. And so I didn't know why I wasn't in the place I wanted to be, but I knew that alcohol was not contributing positively to getting me closer to where mm. I wanted to be. So I decided to remove alcohol from my life for a year. And in that year, 
literally everything changed. Like my entire life, my friend group, um, I had healthier relationships with my parents. I got my yoga teacher certification. Like I started to really create the life that I'd always wanted. And so after that year, I was like, why would I stop now when this is so much better for me? So I continued to be sober from alcohol for three years. And after those three years, I was in my early 20s and I was like, I'm in my 20s. I want to experience life to the fullest. And in my brain, that included alcohol. And I was like, I've done these years of sobriety. Why do I have to be sober forever? Let me reincorporate alcohol. And while I didn't feel like it was destructive in the same way that it was when I was a teenager, I also didn't feel like it was adding. Like I didn't feel like it was getting me closer to my goals, closer to my ambitions. Um, So a year and a half ago, I decided to remove it again because I knew the positives that could come to my life based on my prior experience with sobriety. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and then when I removed alcohol, I was living in New York, which is an amazing city, as you know, but it is very party-centric. It's very alcohol-centric. Yeah. And I just looked around and I was like, there's nothing to do if you don't drink. And that might have been an exaggeration. There's <laughs> plenty of things to do. But it really felt like so much of New York was alcohol focused. And I knew that there was a community of people here who wanted fun things to do that didn't revolve around alcohol. Yeah. Um, and I just really believe that if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. So you got to kind of create the life that you want. So I started to create non-alcoholic parties. And okay. here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So what was the first reactions, you know, from people when you started this? Yeah. So how did it start? And then like, yeah. So it started, I wanted to create a non-alcoholic bar, like a permanent location in New York. And in order to do that, you need a lot of money. And I didn't have a lot of money. So I was like, I'm going to do a proof of concept party and basically take that and show investors that this is worth investing in. And what I realized from throwing that first party was why do I actually need to have one singular location? I can scale a lot faster. I can reach a lot more people if I stick to events and pop-ups. And so then we created a pop-up. We're basically a pop-up event company. So I don't I don't think that we'll ever, I mean, maybe not ever, but in the near future, we won't have a permanent location. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's how it started was a non-alcoholic bar. And then from there, I was like, we're going to do events. And then after we started scaling the events, um, I knew that I wanted to quit my day job. I was working at Amazon full time, which was an awesome experience, but it wasn't really filling my cup, as they say. It wasn't like getting me up in the morning. And so I wanted to take all that experience that I had from Amazon and apply it to my own business. Um, And so that's why we launched our e-commerce platform, which we now can ship non-alcoholic bottles everywhere in the country. Um, So it's non-alcoholic content. Exactly. Bottles. What, what, what? Yeah. So like non-alcoholic rum or non-alcoholic whiskey or all mm. of that. So if you want to make your own cocktails at home or if you live in a city that absence of proof doesn't exist in, you can still order from us and make our cocktails. Yeah, because you make your cocktails on your events as well, right? Correct. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So but, but what, what, how was the first event? How, what, 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 what reactions? Like, was it just a close friend group or did you get a hundreds from the beginning? Because this is also like something new. How, yeah. yeah. How was the first event? Um, it was really good and really bad at the same time. Okay, tell me. <laughs> the, 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 the good parts were that it was sold out. I mean, we had hundreds of people. It was crazy. Mm. And that just speaks to the power of social media. So any entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs listening, um, mm-hmm. leverage social media to the best of your ability because it's free marketing and it's free advertising. So anything that you can do to get your name out there early. So I would just make mocktail recipes in my apartment and post videos of them on TikTok. And I'd be like, hey, I'm going to throw a non-alcoholic party if anyone's interested. And the TikTok algorithm reached the right people. And so we had so many amazing people come to the first event. Um, So that was the good part. I think the bad part was that I knew nothing about throwing events. So the coordination, the organization, all of that was awful. Yeah. Um, But it was a learning experience. And I I like to think that now, a year later, we throw much more organized and uh, seamless events. Yeah. But 
as anyone knows, starting a business, at some point you just have to start. And you have to start imperfect and you have to start knowing that you're probably going to fail at a few things because um, no one's a pro on day one. So, mm. Mm. But did people love it from the very first moment? Or was it some people who were, you know, oh, why can't we also have alcohol? Like, was there some questions around this or was it like fully adopted into people's system? I think it really depends. We either got people that loved it and were obsessed from day one, or we got people that were like, this is never going to be for me. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And what's great about selling tickets to something is someone that doesn't like it doesn't have to buy a ticket. That's true. So we get uh, the community that actually comes to the events is bought in. They love it. They're really excited about it. Mm -hmm. And we have had folks that have brought like a plus one who maybe is a little bit more skeptical. Yeah. And what's always really fun for me is... At the beginning, they come and they're like, I don't really know about this. Mm -hmm. And by the end, they're like, wow, I didn't know I could have this much fun without drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. the goal. So, yeah. I'm preaching that we should do what we feel passionate about. And that's why I also chose to outsource my accounting to Triple Tax. So what you can do is that you can try Triple Tax in 14 days for free if you need a new accounting system. And especially if your company is registered in Norway, I've also posted a link for you down here so you can check it out there. Tell me a little about um, yourself, because before we started this podcast, you told me also that you have this quote that you live after and that you have like, this growth mindset and that you truly believe that you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. Yeah. And... You know, coming up with something like that doesn't kind of come out of nothing, right? It doesn't come out of having gotten going through a challenge or having a hard period of your life. Mm -hmm. So can you just tell us the transition? Because you were you had anxiety and depression. So how was that transition from going from from that until now having having this mindset? Yeah. I mean, I think the growth mindset started relatively young because when I looked at my life when I was 18 and 19 and it was not what I wanted, mm. you know, I, I'm extremely privileged and I've always been very privileged. However, I did experience significant mental health uh, challenges that I thought prevented me from really achieving everything that I wanted. Mm. But when I decided to remove alcohol, which is not easy to do as a, as a teenager, um, especially when like all your friends are, are partying and all of that, it was my first proving to myself that I could do hard things. Mm. And I think that's the key to a growth mindset is realizing that yes, it's going to be hard, but you can also do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like, uh, her name is Glennon Doyle. I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed if I pronounce her name, wrong. <laughs> but, but she's an author and she says her, her like st uh, standard quote is we can do hard things. And I think that's the key to entrepreneurship is it's not supposed to be easy. No one is guaranteeing that it's going to be easy, but it's also not impossible. And when you truly believe that you can do it, that's when you start to do it. Yeah. And I think that the difference between people that are successful and the people are not are really just the people that are con consistent and continue, continue to do the things um, that are going to get them closer to the goals. Because mm. I think the worst, in my experience, the worst thing that I've done for myself is been stagnant or been still and not take an action, even if it was imperfect action or even if it was action that didn't... Um, totally pan out the way that I wanted to, it was something that got me closer to where I wanted to be. Exactly. Okay, I'm taking a quick break here because the next one minute is going to be an ad in Norwegian. Og nu har jeg litt lyst til å snakke om min erfaring med min regnskapsfører, nemlig Bilagsfeber AS, som også er samarbeidspartner på denne episoden. Det å ha regnskapsfører er veldig deilig, altså. 
Selv om man kan göra det selv, så är er det mange fallgruver och mange fel, som till och med jeg har gjort i regnskapet mitt. Enda jeg er, vil si at jeg er over gjennomsnittet god på trippeltex. Bilagsfeber er jo eksperter i trippeltex, så jeg oppdager jo nye funktioner hver eneste dag som jeg ikke visste om. Og da er det deilig å ha någon som, som kan det. Og som også må spesialisere sig på startups, scale-ups og små selskaper. Det gjør bilagsfeber. Eh, de är er enkla att samarbeta med och ja hjälper mig att minne på de reglerna man faktiskt må följa som eh, som en bedriftsejer. Så jag vill anbefalla dig, hvis du nu är er ute efter en regnskapsförare som också har fast pris, så vill jag checka ut länken som jag har lagt i beskrivelsen här bilagsfeber.no. Gå så gärna in och följ dem på Instagram bilagsfeber.as. De är er helt ny där. Så gå in och stött och följ med. Yeah. And can you tell us like a little bit about, you know, you realized that you didn't want to have alcohol in your life. So, can you tell us about because you had alcohol in your life and then yeah. you stopped it. Can you tell us about like the difference? Did you notice any differences by by not having it and did it affect the way you interacted with people socially because I think a lot of people, and especially in Scandinavia, because I'm from Norway and live in Copenhagen, where the drinking culture is maybe a little bit different than here in the U.S., and but also maybe similar because people feel like they need alcohol to be extroverted or to be mm-hmm. that fun person. Did you notice anything there? Like, what was the difference for you? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think when people remove alcohol for the first time, I always say like, it takes practice to socialize because we're so conditioned to like, if you're going out and you're talking to strangers, you're drinking. And so when you remove alcohol and you remove that social lubricant, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm being awkward. Like, I don't know how to approach this person, but the more you practice, the better that you get. Mm -hmm. And also the connections that you make in my experience by, by being sober are way more long lasting and way more authentic than the connections that you make while drinking. So you're making much longer lasting friendships, which I feel like is definitely a net Mm -hmm. positive. Mm What about your health? Did oh you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so much more. I mean, I wasted like every weekend morning being hungover. Yeah. Even if I wasn't like violently ill, I was like groggy or tired or like not wanting to get up and work out or anything. And then you remove alcohol and it's like you have hours of your life back because you're just, you just feel good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I could never have started a business. And now that's like, I don't understand how entrepreneurs drink. Because <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah. how do you have the time like yeah. to do what you need to do? So yeah. Yeah, the time, the health benefits, the skin benefits, the anxiety benefits. I mean, it's just, there's no downside mm-hmm. besides, yes, I love the taste of a good cocktail, but mm-hmm. now we have non-alcoholic spirits, so. Yeah, there are so many good mocktails out there. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can also tell you this is quite interesting because I saw you, when I came to New York, the first week I got introduced to you by Alexa and I wanted to have you on my podcast. And then I saw you and I was like, oh, wow, this content is so cool. But I'm just like, I thought, oh, I'm going to keep drinking mm. because that's so part of my life. Yeah. But then I met a person, not you, but another person who is also an entrepreneur who doesn't drink. And I was inspired. And I also have a friend back in Denmark who doesn't drink. And I'm like always been inspired by how that is possible. Yeah. So now for three weeks I've been sober. Oh my gosh, how do you yeah. feel? I feel so good. <laughs> I know that's because the thing. That's the thing about yeah. what you're saying that how, because when I'm here in New York, I want to experience everything to the fullest, mm-hmm. right? I don't have time to drink. 
Yeah. Because I don't have time to have that morning where I'm ill because I'm I'm gonna up, you know, run, you know, go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So I think this really this can change your life. And I think it's worth trying at least a month or two. And then you'll see the benefits, right? Totally. Yeah. I know. It's so funny. One of my good friends, uh, he recently stopped drinking for the same reason. He's an entrepreneur. And he was like, I want time back, all these things. And he was like, this is like the biggest life hack that no one talks about. Yeah. Like if you want more productivity, you want more joy, you want more health, just remove alcohol. It's like yeah. so simple. <laughs> yeah. And it's also so many, uh, so unnecessary. Yeah. If you can practice that skill Okay, let's talk about that. Like, how, how do you practice that skill of socializing without alcohol? Because if you know by yourself that you can be a cool person or be very social without alcohol, then you will be more confident without. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you practice this becoming the fun person without the alcohol? Yeah, I think just put yourself in as many situations as you can. And yeah. I think one thing that's really intentional about absence of proof is we don't have any alcohol at all. So most people that come are completely sober. I mean, there's people who maybe go out to dinner and have a glass of wine and they come later, but no one is wasted, no one's intoxicated. So you're all in it together. And I think that's what's really special too, is you're all on the same energy level. Mm. So even if one person feels a little awkward and someone else feels a little awkward, it's like, mm -hmm. well, we're on it together and we're going to get to know each other whether we like it or not because yeah. there's we're all in the same room. And I think um, we try to have like question card games around. We try to have board games around, things that can help facilitate conversation if people do feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, but I think by the end of the night, everyone is chatting and making friends. Yeah, yeah. true. It's also okay. a culture thing. New York is just so welcoming, I feel Very like. welcoming. Yeah. Very welcoming. You feel... You feel that you can't, you, like at least now when I'm here, I feel like I don't have time to meet everyone, you know, yeah, because everyone's totally. like, oh, you should meet this person, this person, this person, because it's so many. Mm -hmm. and, I know. And you need to prioritize what you want to spend your time on. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about your business, because there's a business behind, like you have the movement, you have the concept that you're not going to drink alcohol, it's events, you sell bottles. Um How's this been, you know, to making money out of this? Because you charge also tickets and you sell products. How, how have you built your, your business around this? Yeah, that's the hardest part, right? Is yes, that, it's like true. you have this idea. True. But unless the idea makes money, the idea is not going to go anywhere very quickly. True. Um, and that was hard for me at the beginning because I was like, I care. I'm so passionate about this. Like, I don't need to make money or I don't need to make a lot of money. And then I was like, wait, I live in the most expensive city in the world. <laughs> I do need to make money. And also this business is not going to grow unless we become profitable and in case, in, like it needs to feed itself. So I started getting really intentional about like, okay, I don't want to make the tickets too expensive because I want folks to be able to come. Yep. And so what are other ways that I can monetize? And when you have a community... Um, if you think about like in Instagram influencers, for instance, who have a lot of followers and their followers care what they have to say, it's very um, smart of brands to reach those followers. Mm -hmm. And so they will pay influencers to advertise for them and things like that. It's the same thing if you have a community. So at our events, um, it often costs money for brands to be at our events because mm -hmm. they're reaching their exact customer and they're advertising to their exact customer because they're giving their customer an opportunity to try their product. Mm -hmm. And so that's another way that we monetize. Um, we do... Um, Yeah, so ticket sales, brand partnerships, influencer partnerships, um, we sell bottles, and we also do menu consulting. So for bars and restaurants, we'll help them with their non-alcoholic menu because it can be new for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to make sure that we help and uh, 
get them good good menus. Yeah, true. I actually got the the other day. Um, I went out for dinner with the, one of my podcast guests, and we had mocktails. Oh. And I love espresso martini. Mm. And they made me um, alcohol free espresso martini. Isn't that great? It it's was so my good. favorite. I know. Yeah. But it's almost like an espresso, but like with a little bit more sugar in. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it was nice. Um, but I also think, do you think that this this movement with no alcohol is solving an important problem? Do you think this is, can be, you know, revolutionary in, in some kind of way? Absolutely. I think a couple of things. One thing that we're really intentional about at Absence of Proof is we don't preach sobriety. We don't tell anyone you should be sober, yeah. you should not drink or anything. It's really important to me because nobody else's life is any of my business, to be honest. Mm. But I do want to provide options. And that's what's really important and what I felt like was lacking mm. before Absence of Proof started was there wasn't places you could go and be social without alcohol um, or find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, and so one, I think that we're creating communities and we're helping people make friends, which mm. is like very intrinsically important to me and really yeah. special. Um, in terms of changing like society or having a movement, I think of myself at like 16 years old when I thought that to be cool, you had to drink. Yeah. And that's really sad to me to, me to reflect on because yeah. I don't think that I would have drank as much or, or, or maybe had as much anxiety or any of these things if I wouldn't have felt like you had to drink to be cool. Mm. And so one other thing that we're really trying to do with Absence of Proof is we want to show people that you can be just as cool, have just as much fun just without alcohol. Mm. I feel like sobriety sometimes has this stigma of like being boring or yeah. it's only for old people or like any of these yeah, things, yeah, which yeah. is so yeah. not true mm. um and like you said like we're young i want to live my life to the fullest and eliminating alcohol has made that possible true so okay i'm taking a quick break here because the next one minute is going to be an ad in norwegian ja då vill jag stolt snacka om min nya sponsor nämligen ajod produkter Ajodprodukter, det är er ett imponerande sällskap som har i all sin drift varit familjeeid Och det står det stor respekt i. De har byggt sig upp sedan 70-talet och nu är er de i 19 land. Ajod produkter säljs allt från kontormöbler, butikmöbler, inredning till konferenser, garderoba och till och med möbler till skolan. De har faktiskt allt vad du kan tänka till kontoret. Och många tror att Ajod produkter producerar vara utanför Europa, men det här stämmer faktiskt inte. De har många varor producerat i Europa i hög kvalitet och mye är er också egenproducerat. Hos Ajod produkter så får man mye för pengarna. Prisen de är er förnuftig, så hvis du är er på utsikt efter nya kontormöbler eller bara en enkel uppbevaringsbox, ett skap eller häve senkebord till hemkontoret så lovar det. Ajod produkter, de har så mye på hemsidan deras. Så det er bara att gå in och checka ut vad de har. Jag har lagt till en länk till hemsidan deras här i beskrivelsen och du, de levererar faktiskt till hela Norge. Yeah. But you've also built you built a community around this. Like, did this grow fast? Like, how did you grow it, and how did you brand yourself? Because yeah, you are taking an active choice on not branding yourself with this kind of you should be sober, you should do this, you should do that. You're kind of just branding yourself on this is a cool event. Come to this. Yeah. Try this. So tell us about like how did you market yourself and, and grow your 
like how did you grow your brand? Yeah, I think uh, social media was number one for me, yeah. making sure that we're posting a lot on social media, um, engaging with the community. So inviting everybody who has come to past events to future events, making sure mm -hmm. that people want to come mm -hmm. back, getting customer feedback is really important. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot on social media. And then we have, we've done a lot of work on the press side of things. So making sure that we're getting out there, we're on podcasts, mm -hmm. we're on TV, we're doing things um, to make sure that people know about us and yeah. know that we exist. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. important yeah, to it really get is. spread the word. And I think a lot of companies try mm -hmm. to do this, to get the attention. Uh, but it's also about being actual for the news as well. Right. Like having something to say that is actual in today's news picture. Exactly. Probably. Totally. And that's, I think a lot of people ask like how we've gotten PR and yeah. they think that we pay for PR, yeah. but we don't. We don't have a PR team or anything like that. And um, what I always tell people when they ask for PR advice is I'm like, build something that people want to talk about yeah. and focus on the value of your product and your the value of your community and mm -hmm. the press will naturally come. Mm. Um, instead of being so focused on getting press or spending all this money on press, like focus on what you're doing, focus on your community. And if it's something impactful, journalists will, will care about it. Yeah, true, mm -hmm. good advice. What's your, what has been your biggest challenge and what is your biggest challenge now? Um, that is such a good question. I, I think, I mean, there's been so many. <laughs> That's yeah, why I thought yeah, it's just tough. It's every single day there's something new. Yeah. Um, I think the emotional part of being an entrepreneur is something yeah. that I was not expecting. You know, when when you create something, I think before I started the company, I was like, yes, it's going to be something I care about, but at the end of the day, it's a company. But what you don't realize is that it's actually going to be like your baby mm. and you're going to care so much about it. Mm. And so I think that's what's difficult is, you know, if you get negative comments or negative feedback, yeah. um, you take it very personally. You do. And so making sure that I keep my head on straight to be able to show up in the, as the best version of myself for my team and, and for my events mm -hmm. um, is, is very challenging. How, how do you become the best version of yourself even though if you're having a bad day, you know, you wake up to this email that doesn't find you well, you know, hey, I hope this email <laughs> finds you well. It does no, not. well, off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you do? Well, what are your techniques like mentally to kind of shift that and, and, yeah. and have the energy that you're supposed to bring? If you, for instance, had a bad day today and you have an event tonight, how mm -hmm. would you, you know, prep yourself for, for that? Yeah, it's hard. I think, um, one, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I go to therapy every single week and yeah. that has really helped me like have a third party perspective on things. Wow, nice. Um, so highly recommend for anyone in the entrepreneurial world to do that because it's very, I don't think that people really tell you how emotionally taxing it can be. Mm. Um, but one of the exercises that my therapist gave me that I will share for anyone to steal oh, is yeah. <laughs> um, I love this. make a list of um, the things that are proving your negative self-talk wrong. So let's say my negative self-talk that day is like, I'm not successful, which is something that I, you know, wake up and feel sometimes, let's say, didn't sell as many tickets as I wanted or whatever it may be. I don't feel successful that day. You make a literal list on a notepad of all of the reasons why you are successful, all of those things that are not true. What are your biggest wins? It's like, could you have done X, Y, Z if you're not a successful person? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. And so you you find facts that prove that negative self-talk wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can almost like out logic yourself and trick your brain into, not even trick, but just convince your brain that like, that's actually not true. Um, so I have pages of like, you just list out every single accomplishment or, or if it's something like, I don't know, I feel like no one likes me or something, something, some anxious thought. 
make a list of all your friends. <laughs> make a list of all the people that are texting you yeah. and do like you and do want to spend time with you. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes we like to catastrophize and we like to go to these places that are simply untrue. Yeah. And sometimes it takes our rational brain to, uh, to make sure that we're, we're keeping the facts straight. I love that you're kind of, you outsmart yourself. You have to. You outlogic <laughs> yourself. You're telling yourself like, hey, look at this, this. This thing is round. It's not a square. Yeah. This is round. Believe in the circle. Don't believe in the square, you know? Yeah. So cool. It's Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope some of our listeners is, is using that if yeah. they do a lot of negative self-talk because that can be... It's hard. And it's it hard. can paralyze you. I think if you think about like business success, like mm. the last thing you want is negative self-talk. Like you need to show up as the person who's like, yeah, I can do anything. 100%. And um, you got to get yourself there as quickly as possible. Exactly. And then, yeah, just work on yourself. Um, what is, now we're kind of going into it, like yeah. the best advice, like what would, your, what would you advise others? I would say like more who would go in the same industry as you, you know, pulling off events, selling products online. What, what, what would your advice be for, for them? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing, and I, I touched on this earlier, is like how quickly can you get to action? Yep. Like how quickly can you get to one step that's going to bring you closer? Mm -hmm. Let's say you want to start a podcast. How quickly can you get that equipment in your house? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how quickly can you make your first episode? Um, and not allowing yourself to procrastinate because that procrastination can go on for a long, long, long mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. which we've, I'm sure we've all experienced. Yes. Um, but it's like, If you want to be a pro at something, let's like say it takes like 10,000 hours, I'm not sure how, how true that is, but let's say it does, mm. to get to 10,000, you need to get to one. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to get to 10,000 unless you get to that first one quickly. So it's like almost like getting it over with. True. And like try to find some way to reward yourself for yeah. getting past those initial, um, those initial hours because they can be tough. True. Yeah. I read this quote the other day, like a thousand miles starts with the first step. Yeah. You know? Totally. One kilometer starts with the first step. Mm -hmm. You just need to get those shoes on and yeah. walk out the door. Totally. Yeah. I know. They talk about that a lot in, in being sober too, is they say like just for today. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's like, why do you, don't think about tomorrow. Think about how can you make today the most productive, happy, successful day ever. Yeah. And then worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Because not to be like morbid, but like tomorrow's also not guaranteed. So like spend today exactly what you, what you doing, what you want to be doing. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. True. Maybe someone in this um, listening now is inspired to be become sober. I've become sober for three weeks. Maybe I'll continue for one yeah. week more. You never know. <laughs> uh, what is your dream? What is your goals like now for, for the next, for the future? Where are you in five years? Oh my gosh. Five years is so tough because it's like the last year so much of my life has changed. Like crazy. it's crazy that a year ago I was, I was a tech salesperson. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, So I think in five years, I mean, I would love Absence of Proof to be global. I would love to be able to bring our community everywhere. Um, I would love to be, maybe have our own product someday. I mean, there's so many things that I'm thinking about. Um, I would love to have like a holding company of multiple wellness communities. I think that's great because there's so many things that I'm passionate about. Like I teach yoga and I love ice baths and I love so much of wellness. I would love to be able to create businesses off of those things as well down the line. Mm, crazy. Yeah. Good. Yeah, How we'll nice. See. I mean, we'll see. It's a long way to go. Like yeah, I said, but, but all of this needs money, right? Exactly. So let me ask you this. Yeah. This is the last question. Um, if you got $1 million dollars right now to spend on whatever you wanted, what would you spend them on? Mm. Um, I think I would, I mean, one, like we could scale up in so much 
more quickly. Uh, we could take it to every city tomorrow, you know, which would be so cool and build the team faster and all of those things. We've been very intentional about bootstrapping and not raising money. Um, but I think a million dollars for free would not hurt in, <laughs> in terms no, of scaling. No, it wouldn't hurt anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think also just investing in my own education. Like yeah. I think, you know, I didn't go to business school. I didn't do any of those things. And I don't no, think that yeah. you have to, but I want to learn like everything I possibly can. And mm. there's certain education lines that are more expensive than others. So mm. I would love to, I don't know, go to free business school. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think like you've been to the best business school already. Yeah, that's kind of how I think about it too is like, you and for anyone else who's out there who's like oh i can't start a business until i go to business school it's like no start the business learn as you go yeah and then because business school doesn't guarantee you a business either 100 percent. like yeah you might meet some cool people but you can also go out and find the people you're looking for at your events for instance you know i always joke because i'm like i could go to business school and meet the people but then everyone moves to new york afterwards anyway <laughs> so i can just meet them exactly now. <laughs> and you just create the platform or the place for yeah. them to meet mm-hmm. it's genius Thank you know you. you don't need business school uh, we'll see we'll see we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see what we do Where can people find you if they want to connect or check out your channels? Yeah, Instagram is is our biggest platform. I post the most on there, um, absence of proof. And then TikTok as well. Um, Email list is also on our Instagram. And yeah, Yeah. those are the main places. I will post it down in the description below. And thank you so much for joining the show, Elizabeth. Such a pleasure speaking with you. Such an honor to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Let's finish with the... Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. With our water. With our water. <laughs> I love it. Non-alcoholic. See you guys in the next episode. Bye.